to or this is home, please see Brother Trey Henderson. And Elements on Friday 7th, uh, Brother Andre will be teaching those classes. Uh, so as we go uh, pray over the offering, I just have a quick testimony. So we took up an offering recently, and Bishop came up, up here, and he asked us if we could help so we could get pastor that beautiful BMW that we got, were able to purchase him. But we, so I pledged something, and it, finances have been tight, especially with Christmas, finances were tight. And so I kind of pledged an amount, and I was like, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to pay this right now and be comfortable. I'm going to be really uncomfortable for about the next month or two. So I committed it, though, because I felt like God gave me that number, and about a week after I committed it, I got my debts canceled for that exact same amount. But God didn't just stop there because he doesn't just stop with enough. He decided that a week later, that Friday, I woke up to an extra $100 in my bank account. That may seem insignificant to you, but for me, I've never had that kind of blessing just poured out into my life. So as we pray, I do believe that if you have not seen things come back as you have invested your money into this uh, this wonderful offering that God's still not done. He's still not done. He's going to pour out his blessing, whether it be through a financial blessing or whether it be through something of a family member coming back. So as we pray, let's have faith in that. So in Jesus' name, I say you would touch this offering. I say we would have faith as we give, that we would give and that you would add unto us, God. It doesn't have to be financially, God. It can be financially, but it could be through God healing. It could be through restoration. It could be whatever you want it and need it to be. So in Jesus' name, thank you. And uh, ushers, you can go ahead at this time and then the youth will be having a bake sale fundraiser Sunday February 11th now during coffee and conversation that's when it will happen but there will not be any donuts being sold but we will be saying selling bakery items so if you really want to still feast out we offer you and we really invite you to to go ahead and purchase those because the money's going to a good cause it's going to our youth so that it makes it cheaper on our youth to do events or so we can do things for our youth that we never thought we could do. And then Sister Simone, she will be teaching a fi uh, Financial Peace University course beginning February 24th. This is a nine-week course, and it's held on Saturday mornings here at the church. Now, it's not free. It's going to cost $80, but there's an importance to that. When you invest something, you get something out of it. When you don't put money into it, you kind of just let it sit to the side, and you don't really do much with it. So I recommend if you are struggling with finances or you just want to better your finances, invest that $80 so you can grow your finances. So as we go into worship, let's just have expectation for what God's going to do, and uh, you can go ahead and take over whoever's leading the song. Hey, hey, Living Hope. I'm so glad to be in the house of God tonight. You know, it's been a long week, um, but I'm so thankful that I can come tonight. I can come in a place where I can worship. I'm free to worship. So come comfortable. Make yourself comfortable here in this altar tonight and just let God move tonight. I know there's so many things. We lift up needs every Wednesday when we come here, and I'm believing that God can meet those needs tonight. He can meet them in the morning. I'm believing for those miracles that you need. So if you can just come with an unbelievable faith that God, you're going to meet my miracles here tonight. You're going to break chains tonight. Don't let it just be another Wednesday. But let it be a breakthrough Wednesday. Let it be a night where you are free. You leave free. You leave change. So come with a great worship. Come with your hands surrendered and lifted up to God. Because I'm believing that he can do it tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord God, we worship your holy name, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor, Jesus. Thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Can we just lift up a praise tonight? Lord, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do, Lord. I thank you for how you're going to move in this place, God. You are worthy to be praised, oh God. 
you won't stop tonight, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're gonna do, Lord. We give you glory for all that you've done in this place and what you're going to do, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're worthy, God, in Jesus' name.
seeking my breakthrough, God, in your presence, Lord. I know things are changing, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. See your presence. Your presence is an open door. chorus one more time just believing by faith that God your presence in your presence God things can change that things can happen God in your presence Jesus or God things can change Lord hallelujah Jesus God we worship you in this place She's going to share uh, some testimony. I know many of you financially supported her to make it possible for her to go. And uh, I know that you want to hear the report of what went on over there. We're thankful for that the Lord doesn't just move in one nationality, one continent, one group of people. But he's God all over the, all over the earth, all throughout the universe. Amen. Amen. Before we uh, do that, before Cameron comes, I do want to say this week is our district board meetings. That's where I was at today. Just got back a moment ago. Was planning on being here earlier. Thought I'd have time to go home and get a tie on. That didn't happen. But yesterday, brother and sister Wilson met the board and were approved to plant the church in Columbia. Amen. So congratulations to them. And that, that effort will be starting soon. I think January of 25 is the official launch. But we'll... Living Hope would be very much a part of what's happening there in Columbia and brother and sister Wilson planning that church and we're excited for them. We, we want to be partners with them in prayer, whatever way we can. Amen. We pray God blesses us financially so we can bless them as well. Amen. Resources. Amen. I'm sure we'll have some of you go up there and help out to get them going. Amen. I don't think you'll have any shortage of people wanting to come and help him, but uh, we want to have our hands in that as well. Amen. So congratulations, Brother Wilson, to you and, and Carly. Amen. Turn to somebody nearby you and tell them you love them and you're glad to see them tonight. And Cameron, come on ahead, share with us the testimony, and then we'll get back into worship. And we are so glad to have Brother Roberts here. We love him. Looking forward to his ministry tonight. Everybody. Well, I am super excited. I know some of you have um, I've been able to talk to you a little bit about my trip, but it's really just exciting uh, to be up here. First, I want to thank every person who has poured into me and who has encouraged me 
whether that was financially or just, you know, praying over me. I mean, you guys, I appreciate it. And really, like, obviously, I appreciate all the support people can give me. But from the church family, it's just really special. And you guys did. You all just sacrificially gave and it made all the difference. I would not have had the kind of trip that I had. I was able to do not just living off of bare minimum, but I was able to actually like, you know, maybe buy, buy something like a, like a more than a morsel of bread. I was like, thank you, Jesus. That's you guys. That wasn't, that was you guys partnering with the Lord. So I thank you for that. Um, don't worry. It wasn't like going crazy or anything over there, but I was able to enjoy my time. And I know that you guys wanted to bless me. So thank you for your giving. I Really appreciate it. So I've got some slides up here. I don't really have necessarily, well, here, okay. We'll go to slide number two. First of all, that is not a big shoe. I was standing in a pretty big shoe over there, okay. That was a pretty big shoe. But over here, uh, I just kind of want to go through the events of what happened. This trip, I prayed before um, I needed direction. I said, okay, God, I need you to direct me. You know, I want you to bless, use my ministry to, you know, bless the people there. Um, but also, God, if you could maybe give me some direction while I'm out here. I just needed some clarity, some things I was praying over. And God did exactly that. He gave me direction. He gave me clarity. But he didn't just use me to minister to others. But every time, it was just such a blessing back to me. But the first weekend I got there, I went to Paris, you guys. So, I mean, that was, like, starting out pretty, pretty great. Like, home run. They're like, don't expect anything better than this. They're like, we're first weekend, we're really going to impress you. But I stayed with um, brother and sister Gonsalves. Um, we all, you know, know Jay Monk. She was here for a while, but I got to stay with their family. And they told me, they sat me down the first night that I got there. And they're like, okay, well, actually not first night. First night, your girl was out. 24 hours, jet lag. Some people are like, oh, I can adjust fine. Not I. It was horrible. I literally woke up. They're like, you have to, he made her go check on me because I was like, like, it was not okay. Um, if you guys didn't hear from me for a while, that's, you know, I was recovering. But praise the Lord, we are well now. Um, but the next, a few days later, they sat me down and they just kind of told me some things that they wanted me to be involved with while I was there. So um, a few of the areas that they really wanted me to be involved with was altar working. So while I was there, I was able to teach um, an altar working seminar thing with all their leaders. Um, and that was really cool because one, it's always refreshing to like go through it again yourself. Um, but I used something that we've done before is years back, brother uh, Chris Dillingham, he came and did an altar working um, session here with our leaders and it impacted me and it changed the way that I approached praying for people. So it was really cool to be able to use a tool that like helped me and to be able to use it to help people there. Um, we can go to the next slide. Um, some more things that they said they wanted, you know, me to kind of do while I was there was help the uh, other church. So the church I was at was Freedom Church. That's where the Gonsalves is pastor. And um, they also wanted me to kind of help surrounding churches in the Netherlands. So one of those was um, Hetkirpunt, which means um, the turning point. So there's some Dutch for you guys, um, but it means the turning point. And that over on the left, that was like the young adults tonight, good time, um, foods that like, you know, they have a lot of carbs out there. Um, so I ate a lot of carbs and it was for the glory of the kingdom of God. So did it all in the name of the Lord. We believe he blessed that. Amen. Um, but it was a really good time of fellowship. And I have, so you guys, this is the one of the train stations there and, you know, the cars are not as common because the taxes on the cars and everything is just crazy. 
And also, I was not about to try to drive out there because I was like, mm-mm, we're, we're not even going to try. Let's just, you know, stay in one piece out here. So I did the train system, which honestly, not sure if that was better. Now, they have trains everywhere, but you guys, my poor parents, like, I called them a few times, like, in the middle of the night, which I don't even know what. Yeah, it's like a six-hour time difference. So I guess it wasn't that late for you guys. It was late for me. And I was, there was one night, you guys, this is just the honest truth, all right? This is the truth of missions over here. There's good stuff. Don't worry, but I'll just give you a, a little fun one. This is, it's a good story. Don't worry. I'm okay. But there was one night where the trains kept canceling, you guys. And here's the thing. They would announce it, and I didn't know what they were saying over the speakers. So I would really quickly whip out my Google Translate. And I was like, Lord, please. Like, I need to know what they're saying. But they would just start canceling things left and right. And I was like, glory, like, let's see where we're going with this, you know? We live by faith, not by sight. Amen. And that's when I had to live that out. So, train station, this is your girl over here, selfie, because I was lost and I was just walking. Um, but I was like, mm, we're going to document it. Praise God. Um, but I was one night, it was like dark outside and it was like raining. And I called my poor parents. I was like, you guys, I don't know where I am and there's nowhere to go into. It was like 20 degrees outside, pouring rain. And they don't have Ubers or anything there. But thankfully, sister... Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> That's my help. Sister Gonzalez got me. She came and saved my life. So praise God. I am well. That's the only crazy thing, really. Um, and they saved me pretty quickly. But I just had to share that because I thought it was pretty funny and a good time. Um, but those are some friends that I made at the church while I was there. Um, in the next picture, I also have some uh, pictures of just some of the amazing people that I met while I was there. Um, but I'm going to kind of share with you guys some more things. So the next slide, this is something that they asked me to do was to preach. Um, and it was, it was very nerve-wracking because I've never preached with a translator before. Um, and it's already nerve-wracking going to, like, somewhere where you don't know anybody. Y'all are the best. This is the best church to preach at, you guys. I am so See, y'all, I'm literally giving a presentation and y'all are, like, <laughs> clapping for me. So living hope. It's, it's great, but then when you go somewhere else, you're spoiled, and you're like, oh, no, where's my aisle runners? Like, that will run the aisles for me on crazy stuff. And so it was very nerve-wracking, but I will say that um, it was just really cool because even through the language barriers, even through my own insecurities or, or nerves, God still moved. And it was just so cool that even through, like, all the things and excuses that I could give, like, why, you know, why this can't, you know, go maybe as good as I think it could go. Or, but God's like, this isn't about you. This is about my kingdom coming. And I called you to go on this trip for a reason. And so every single time it was so cool because I, I think I preached a total of five times while I was there. And it was just so cool because there was one service. And this is the one. It was on the, the right. But it was a youth, like every once a month they have a youth-themed Sunday service. And so I preached that, and I was really feeling burdened, like a specific word. And, you know, you're just like, okay, God, like when you give it to me, like you, you do what you need to do, I, I'll get out of the way. And um, whenever after I preached, this young girl came up to me, and I made a lot of connections with the young ladies, like in the Netherlands, and they're just such sweet girls, and I miss them so much. Like we all stay connected, um, but they're just so precious, so sweet. But she came up to me. And she was telling me, she's like, just this week, I was praying um, about some things that I I know I've been needing to get rid of. She said, I had gotten some concert tickets, you know, to go somewhere that I know. I told God, you're going to have to just straight up tell me if I don't need to go. She's like, I know I didn't need to go, but I was trying to be like, okay, God, just tell me. Like, you just have to tell me. She's like, and you literally said word for word what, what I told him. 
that he had to tell me. And so it was just cool because me and her have kept that relationship since then. And just seeing how God can connect people from, I'm over here in Maryland, and then those people that have become like sisters to me, and they are, you know, and just realizing how God can connect people from so many different places. Um, the next slide I'll show you guys is worship lady. So they asked me to help the worship team there. And oh my goodness, I love like all of the, the ladies and um, the team that was involved. So the church, Freedom Church, I I really liked it a lot because it was very similar to ours in the sense it was very multicultural and it just, it made me feel at home. They had people that were Dutch, they had Dominicans, they had uh, people from America, they had people uh, from I'm trying to, the Caribbean, like it was just such a cool like environment where there's people from not just one culture, but we were all together in worshiping one service. We sang in like five different languages and it was just so cool to be together with everybody worshiping. And um, I'm telling you, like those girls, oh, Sister Kim, I'm just going to talk about Sister Kim for a second. I don't even have a slide, but she is the most precious, oh, I love her so much. She's the most precious lady. She let me stay with her. Praise God for Sister Abigail, Sister Kim, Sister Julia, the ladies who let me stay with them whenever I needed. I was just a vagabond wandering from church to church, and they let me stay with them in their homes. I was like, y'all, lady, and they gave me so much food. I was like, there's no faster way here. Like, there was no faster way. I'm sorry, Mom, but I was, they are just giving me chocolate, and I was like, it's the Lord's work. Like, this is, this is, I am here. Praise God. Um. But the worship team, Sister Kim was on the worship team, and she just, like, it's so cool because whenever I got there, um, one thing, Brother Pastor Haleo, he told me, he said, I just want you to work to help develop worship leaders at our church because, you know, in Europe in general, it's not kind of how it, and even our church, we know it's very exuberant, even more than most churches in America. But especially in Europe, there's just this over kind of casting um, almost just like a heaviness, I would say, like in the in the environment spiritually. And so he said, you know, it's not like a free environment to just worship, really like, you know, you are at home. So whenever you come in, really try to train the girls. And um, it was just really cool to watch how whenever I got there, and this is, it's really awkward me saying this because I'm like, it, it was not, it was not me, but it was the fact that God, like watching things that, leaders have poured into me and being able to pour that into other people. And that's the thing is whenever God calls you, it's not about you being qualified in your own abilities. It has nothing to do with the fact of my personality. It has nothing to do with anything about me, but it has everything to do with God equipping me. And every single person in this church that has poured into me through the years, whether you're my Sunday school teacher, whether you invested in me getting, you know, coffee with me or just encouraging me, praying with me in an altar, that is what was poured into Europe. That was what was poured in the Netherlands. And you may not, you know, you may not have gone, Sister, Sister Carol, you may not have gone to the Netherlands or Brother Roberts, you may not have gone to the Netherlands, but you all went with me because every single one of you has poured into my life and every, the fruit of everything that happened over there was because of the people from the church that have poured into me. Um, I want to kind of skip down, but something I do want to say is I believe in total while we were there, we saw the, between the church in Paris and all the ones in the Netherlands, um, I believe there were six filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. So that was so amazing just to see um, personally, one, if you could skip to the Bible study slide. So one thing I did every week was I taught two Bible studies, sometimes three, um, every week over Zoom. And this is us 
love that peppermint mug. Such a great mug. And, but it was just such a good time getting able, um, we did like group studies, but sometimes we did one-on-one studies. Um, but I was able to teach uh, two different one-on-ones. And one of the ladies, her name is Sister Aniko. And she was, she's from the Ukraine. And she had just come to the church like a week before I got there. So they're like, okay, this is perfect. She, you know, has two little girls. We'd love for you to connect. So we connected. And she's just so hungry. Like, oh, it was so cool in the Bible studies because when we would talk through, I'm telling you guys, there's nothing like teaching a Bible study. There is nothing like teaching a Bible study. Just watching people connect with the Word of God because that's what is our source of life. It's the Word of God. When we connect with the Word of God, it's alive and it is well. So when we can connect other people to the Word of God, there is nothing like it. You're, you're going to become addicted to it. It's going to be something that you're like, there's nothing, nothing like this. And so as I was teaching Sister Aniko, um, she was hungry for the Holy Ghost. And it was our, I think it was our All Nations Sunday. She hadn't received the gift of the Holy Ghost yet. And I was playing for altar call, which do, Sister Matt was like, ooh, you played for altar call. I was like, do not ask me, y'all. It's not going to be a pretty sight. But it was a joyful noise to the Lord. And that's what matters. We're not, we have no videos, thankfully. Um, but I was playing on the piano and I look over and I saw her like really praying. And so I was like, okay, after I get off, I'm going to go pray for her. And I went over and I hear her speaking in tongues. And I was like, wait a second. Like I, I almost was thinking, did she already have the Holy Ghost? Cause she was just speaking in tongues. Like very, like it was like, she's been doing her whole life. And so afterwards um, he announced, he was like, Sister Nico got the Holy Ghost today, and she's just weeping, and I didn't know it. And so I told her afterwards, like, today was the first time you got the Holy Ghost. She's like, yes, I finally got the Holy Ghost. And so that was just so cool because we're, and we're still connected. Um, but just seeing God start that work in her, we're like, you could see that hunger awaken. And all that to say, there were so many things. Um, next, I have a ladies Bible study, or just ladies fellowship. Those are my girls. Sister Kim, she's the one in the yellow dress. I love her so much. She's just precious. Um, I, I told her, I was like, she's single. So I was like, well, if there's any single American guys, um, I'll, you know, come out here. I'll let you know. So, you know, anyways, Sister Kim is, she's single and a woman of God, everybody. Anyways, I told her I would say that. So here I am saying that. Um, but all that to say, this trip, it, you know, I was, I was I'm going to be completely honest and I'll finish out with this. I was kind of scared that it would just, this, I don't know. I was kind of scared that it might just be a trip, right? I, w I didn't want it to just be a two months experience and then I didn't know what would come after. And so I had so much anticipation built up for this trip. I was like, God, you know, I remember leaving and I was like just crying because I was like, God, I've been, you know, people have invested into me or in my life for this trip and I don't really know the next step afterwards. I really need you to not just let this be a two months thing, but I need you to, sorry, ooh, I didn't know this was gonna happen. I need you to, direct me for the future and I need you to put things inside of me during this trip that are going to get me to the next season and he did exactly that he directed me he put things inside of me during that trip strength and just all these different experiences that have absolutely equipped me for this next season that God has me in and I just really want to thank everybody for pouring into me I know I've said that but it would not have been possible without your giving without your prayers and that is my testimony. If you guys want to hear, I have more crazy stuff, but you know, you just come to me. It was amazing. I love you guys. Amen. Everyone, can you stand to your feet as we worship one more time before Brother Robert comes?
Can we lift our hands tonight and give all the praise unto the Lord? God, we worship you. God, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For your goodness, God. Thank you for your mercy, Jesus. God, thank you, Lord. You are the giver of life, Lord. Every good and perfect thing comes from you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope and you restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. Sing it with us. It's your
we can do better than that. Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Come on, our God is great. He's mighty. He's holy. He's powerful. He is incredible. got to do the first thing first or I am going to be in very big trouble. I'm in danger of putting 39 years of marriage in trouble if I don't tell you all hello from my beautiful wife. She said, she said, I want you to greet this person and this person and this person and this, and the next day she'd say, and this person and this person, and I, I said, honey, I you're going to have to write down a list and, and send it to me on your phone. And I, I finally I said, I, I can't do that. So if you're here tonight, my wife of 39 years loves you and appreciates you and wants me to greet you with all of her heart. Amen. She, she really, truly wanted to be here, but many of you know the last about, I think, uh, 15 months or so, she had two hip replacements and a total reconstruction of an Achilles, and she is today walking better than I am, so praise the Lord. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Don't you love the Lord? Amen. I want to say how wonderful it is to be here and see all of these smiling faces. I, I got to meet a couple of new folks here tonight. I'm so glad you're here. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. You're where God wants you. But I will tell you, be careful because when you get where God wants you, there's just no telling what God will do. Amen. I promise you that. Amen. I give honor to, to my pastor and to your pastor tonight. Great man of God, visionary voice in my life, and I love and appreciate so very much. He is a rock, a steadfast point that I can reach out to even from a thousand miles away. I love you, Pastor. Amen. Give honor to his better half, the preacher. They were able to come out and spend a little time with us in December and help us cast some vision. Two Rivers, Wisconsin, little church on the side of a lake, and Pastor Staten had to fly home, but he left the evangelist there. They did such a great job. Thank you, Sister State. We so enjoyed. My wife and I, it means the world to us for them to come out and be with us. Amen. Brother Wilson, I love you, sir. You're awesome. You know that? You're just incredible, isn't he? I haven't even gotten to hug his neck yet. You guys get to see him all the time. I don't. I love him. He came out last year for us in Wisconsin. It was a 30-year church um, anniversary. We haven't been there that long, but my word, did he do a tremendous job for that, that ministry. It was just incredible. I love you and appreciate you so much. Amen. Incredible. Incredible. Hey, I, I get to preach behind Cameron Staten. Come on, that's awesome, isn't it? Would you just lift a hand with me tonight? Let's love the Lord together. Jesus, we love you, God. We ask you, Lord, whatever you want to do tonight, Lord, I want to surrender to your will, to your way. God, minister in this house tonight. Touch your people. 
the beautiful name of Jesus. Lord, I love the presence of God that I feel in this room tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to let you be seated. I'm going I'm to do my best to teach or preach or do something tonight, but I, I really want to talk to you about a declaration worth making. Can I just minister for a little bit? I don't, I don't know how God wants to do this. I really had something else on my mind that I was planning, and, and uh, about noon today, the Lord began to talk to me about this. If, so maybe, maybe I can start like this. Have you ever had a hard time getting through to someone? You know, you got people in your life that you can't even get a message to them, right? You, know, you end up playing phone tag with them, and, and you, you know, the worst of all is getting on the voicemail. Anybody ever got trapped on an answering machine? Possibly your conversation went something like this. Welcome to the mental health hotline. If you're obsessive compulsive, please press one repeatedly. If you're codependent, please ask someone else to press number two. If you have multiple personalities, please press three, four, and five. If you have an eating disorder, Press 6. If the line is busy, have a snack while we place you on hold. If you're schizophrenic, listen carefully and a little voice will tell you which number to press. If you're paranoid, we know who you are and what you want. Just stay on the line so we can trace the call. If you're depressed, it doesn't matter which number you press because no one will answer it anyway. And if you are delusional and occasionally hallucinate, please be aware that the thing that you are holding on the side of your head is alive and about to bite your ear off. If you've called to register for anger the anger management class, please just rip the phone off the wall right now. Thank you for calling the mental health hotline. Anybody ever been there? Right? Maybe not that bad, right? But our ultra-connected world we sometimes have a trouble getting people to understand what we're saying. Our life, in our lifetime, communication as a whole has changed dramatically. I find it difficult just to get my point across when I'm telling someone something. And sometimes the information that I'm telling them is important. And so sometimes our, our communication needs to be more than just telling. So what happens when you're trying to tell someone something and they're not listening to you? When someone, they're just, you know, you're, 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 you're laying it down, they're not picking it up, and what happens to us in our humanity is most of us just get louder, right? And you, you know, there, there's a difference, it's a, a distinct difference between yelling and telling, but Sometimes the lines get skewed, and sometimes we got to go beyond yelling or or even telling, and, and we got to make our appointment, our, make our appointment, our point. And so, what you have to do is you need to declare something. Well, brother Roberts, that sounds like semantics, but there's a real difference between sharing information and making a point, and even making a declaration. And I want to talk to you tonight for just a few minutes about a declaration worth making. See, when you declare something, it's different, again, than telling or yelling. A declaration is something that you're making known publicly and officially. In a declaration, you state what you believe, and you're emphatic, right, about what you believe, and you connect it authoritatively. 
And so in many ways, a declaration is a, can be a revelation or a, po- a proclamation. But the English word for declare comes from an old Latin word, claris, which simply means to make clear. But what I really like when I begin to research this is that the ancient word for declare is the word kafar, and it means to keep score, to keep a record, to recount it, or literally it can mean to celebrate the information. And so I, I began to look through the Bible in Psalm 66, the, verse 16, the psalmist said, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I remember, Pastor, I remember that song, that, that last song that we sang. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but that was the song that Bishop text to me when I was laying in St. Mary's Hospital and they were pronouncing that I was not going to live. And the bishop said, listen, I want you to know, he, my, my bishop and I, we don't text songs back and forth. Hello? And he sent me that song and I began to play it and uh, many of you were praying and it was just a, a couple of weeks later that I was running a lap around. Listen, can I declare for you what the Lord has done for my soul? You're, you're too late. I'm here to make a declaration tonight. Our forefathers in America faced a situation. They kept telling King George, they kept telling England that we're not satisfied with your taxation. We've got no representation, and he just would not listen. And so they sat down, and they wrote out a declaration of independence. And I came to help someone tonight. The church, we keep telling the world, we keep telling our friends, we keep telling our family, you know what God has done for me, you know what, and we're laying it down, they're not picking it up, but it's time the church goes beyond telling and explaining, and we begin to make a declaration. My dependence is not, come on, I'm not independent, I'm dependent upon the Lord. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it's time for you to write it down. I depend on the presence of an almighty God. Some folks need to go home and put it on their refrigerator. I am not independent. I am a son of God. I am a child. Come on. You got to declare. You got to put it in writing and make sure the whole world knows. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it's time for the church to come out of the shadows. It's time for us to make a declaration. I'm not here to support a candidate or a political. I'm here because Jesus Christ died for a lost world. I'm here to make a declaration. I'm going to make a declaration. What are you saying? I'm saying we need to make some declarations in our home. We need to make some declarations on our jobs. We need to make some declarations on our cell phones. I find three specific types of declaration in Scripture. First, I find that there's a declaration of creation. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 19 and 1, he said, The heavens 
declare the glory of God and the and the firmament showeth his handiwork. You see, the heavens, they're not just showing it. They just don't speak it. The heavens put it on full display for everybody. They said, this is the glory of God. They make it plain. The heavens, they reach out there and say, he's the creator. He's the speaker and the giver of life. All of this comes from him. Their message is, to God be the glory. I like the declaration, but I like the last part of that. It says, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Brother Barry, we're the firmament. We're all that extra stuff. We're just, listen, we're, we're just God's handiwork. This, is, this doesn't take a lot of effort. This doesn't take, God's not breaking a sweat over your situation. You're just handiwork. You're just firmament. All of this is just his handiwork. I'm going to preach about it in a minute, but you've you got to understand, the heavens declare the glory of God. But the psalmist would go on in Psalms 97 and 6. He said, the heavens declare his righteousness. And all the people see his glory. I, I find it interesting in a day and time when people are always, they're trying to declare what they think is righteous and what is not righteous. You hear me? I'm glad to know that the heavens declare that God alone is righteous. Come on, I'm telling you, the heavens declare that there's a God in heaven and he alone is righteous. You know what that means? That means that the heavens declare that God is right. you got to understand, I want you to know, no matter what the situation or the circumstance, God is right. And the heavens declare it. Oh, I, I, I don't want to take too much time, but I would speak to all of those, uh, you know, theorists that the global warming and all of that. Listen, you're telling me that God didn't get this right? Hello? Are you telling me that, you know, all of this thing that's just working so magically and perfectly together, God's not, God's going to let us mess it up? I don't believe a word of it. Why? Because the heavens declare that this is all about, it's not about man, it's about God's glory. And God, come on, somebody ought to declare there's a God in heaven and all of this other mess is just mess. But the second thing that I find in scriptures, there are some things that God declares himself. Oh, I like this. I read this, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 13. He declared unto you, Moses told the people, he said, uh, he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. <laughs> Even the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them down on tables of stone. Listen, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God has declared to us his covenant. And people are trying to change it and move it. Oh, oh that doesn't really apply. This is what God said is right. This is the covenant of God. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not. Thou shalt not, you know, all of the things that we're doing in our world today, they are in the covenant. And so if you want to know what a, a declaration, listen, our, our forefathers wrote it down. This is what we believe. And God says, listen, I'm not telling you what I believe. I'm telling you what is right. It's not a suggestion. It's not a compliment. It's the word of an almighty God. God said these things are right. 
Isaiah confirms it in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 19. He said, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place. I, I said not under the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare the things that are right. How much more do you need? It's not right. All of the things. Uh, we're living in a world where people are telling us what's right and what's wrong. But the creator has written it down in a covenant and said these are the things which are right. All you preachers are all the same. You always got to go back to the Bible, back to that word of God. Why? Because this is what's right. Not what a preacher thinks, not what a church thinks, not what a husband thinks or a wife thinks, not what some crazy, listen, this is what's right. There's nothing else right. Oh, well, you don't understand. I just feel your feelings are not right. This is right. Well, my grandma, your grandma was not right. This is right. Hear the word of God. If you want to know what's right, you got to check out the declaration. Well, I was on, I was on X. I was on. Listen, you got to get back into the covenant. That's what's right. But God doesn't just declare what's right. The Bible says in Isaiah 46 and 10, 10, he declares the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I'm saying, preacher, I'm saying, listen, you can make all the declarations, but God speaks to those things that haven't happened yet, like they already have. Oh, no, no, no. God speaks to those things that, that haven't even happened yet, like they already have. And we're trying to, people are trying to make a declaration, well, I'm this and I'm that. And I, no, no, listen, God can speak to things that haven't happened yet. To, You need to receive that in your spirit tonight. Well, I'm just not sure. I'm just, listen, God speaks to things that haven't happened yet. That's because he's God and he knows what's right. And so wherever you go, the heavens are going to declare the many great things about God. But God himself is going to declare things about him. But my third point tonight is this. What about you? What about me? What about us? What are we declaring? What about the church tonight? I know a lot of people are talking about the Lord, but I'm, I came to ask somebody tonight, are you willing to sign on the dotted line tonight? Our forefathers gathered in a room, and they knew that when they put ink to paper, that their life would be on the line, that everything that they owned and their identity, are you ready to make that commitment tonight? Are you willing to put your reputation on the line? I want to declare some things. Because I began to look at this, and the psalmist said it this way. In Psalms 145 and 6, he said, Men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. Huh. He said, listen, all of this humanity, they're going to keep talking about the tragedies of our day and the atrocities of our day, and all. they're going to talk about judgments of God. Can, can I tell you, listen, you turn on the news and they're going to talk about all that stuff. Humanity's declaring all this negative stuff and all the bad stuff. They want to make sure you're aware of all these things that's going on in this world. I'm sure it wasn't no different in David's world because the psalmist says, I know, I hear what you're saying. I 
I hear your declarations uh, that the world's coming to an end. Uh, but David said, wait a minute. Uh, I have got to make a declaration. And my declaration is uh, that my God is great. Uh, oh. Come on, great is the Lord. Great. I wish somebody would help me declare tonight that we serve a great God. Come on. I come to declare the greatness, the greatness of God. Come on, Brother James. He saved us from a pit of hell. My God is great. Don't let it come some other way. Don't let it go some. My God is great. I'm making a declaration. I'm declaring to you that my God is great. Oh, but oh, but, but men are talking about hate and anger. My God is greater than that. It ain't the first time the world has been filled with hate and anger. It ain't the first time people have been upset. It ain't the first time the people have said the world is coming to an end. I'm not worried about that because my God is great. My God is great. Oh, come on. Some of you know greater is he that is in me than he that. Oh, come on. I wish I had some help making a declaration. I come to declare that God is great. But God is greater than my failure. God is greater than my shortcoming. Well, you just don't know how bad my failure is. No, no, no. Quit focusing on that. That's what men do. That's what men look at. you got to focus on the greatness of God. Because Paul said, such were some of you, but now you're washed. Now you're, come on, now you're white. Come on, now you're in the church. Now you're in the vehicle that's taking you to heaven. I'm here to declare my God is greater than my failure. He's greater than my inadequacy. He's greater than my weakness. Come on, my God is great. It's a declaration, but you got to sign it. Oh, pastor, sign it for me. He can't sign it for you. Too many good people want to hide in the shadows. I go to church. I'm a believer. No, no, no. I'm a one God apostolic. I believe the covenant is right. I believe, come on, that sin is black and holiness is black. Come on, somebody. I believe this thing. You got to sign on the line. You got to put your name on it. It's a declaration. It's a declaration. Oh, oh but, but, but I, I, there's, you know, I, I'm just, I got so much fear. Oh. God is so much greater than your fear. Did you hear what I said? God is greater than your fear. God is greater than your trepidation. How, how do you know why? Well, because men talk about the terrible things. Humanity's talking about, oh, don't you know there's going to be another pandemic. There's going to be, there's going to be, oh, the next one's going to be worse. That's what men say. But come on, the signers of the declaration have said, my God is great and he's greatly to be praised. Come on, somebody. God is great. What are you saying? I'm saying kafar. I'm saying I'm keeping score. I got a record. I'm not talking about a police record. 
I bet I got one of them somewhere. I got a record of the day that he saved me from tobacco and alcohol and drugs. I got, I'm keeping score. That's what that means. I'm making a declaration. I know he called me out of the darkness and put my... Some of you need to get out old school. If you can't keep it in your phone, you need to write it down. I'm making a declaration. Jesus Christ still saves. Jesus Christ still delivers. Come on, you're too late to tell me. I think last time I was here, I told you about Ryan and Christina. They're so sweet. Ryan and Christina were complete drug addicts, lost, without God. Came into church. Both of them got the Holy Ghost. They're living for God. Man, I mean, they were doing so good. There's, they had so far to come. It was just such a big stretch. And I went to pick them up one day for Bible study, and they didn't answer the door. I go pick them up. We take them around, get a cup of coffee, and we teach. We don't get one chart a day if we get that much. And, and they're, they're like, oh, I, oh Pastor, I, I, I've heard that story, but I've never seen it. And we, we just spent, we spent a year in Bible study. I couldn't find them. They weren't around. I called. Nobody answered the phone. A little bit, I had a phone call. Ryan's in jail. I said, oh, no. They had brought a man into their home. He was desolate. He was a drug addict, and he was out of work, and he brought him in, and things got kind of heated. You know how and they made a bad choice, and, and things got physical, and, and Ryan was on parole for well, when I first met him. He was in jail, and, and all, this gets worse and worse and worse, and, and so Ryan's his parole's been revoked, and now he's facing another charge, and, and he said to me, he said, he said, Pastor, he said, I promise you, he said, God was there. He said, because he says a year ago, he said, I would have killed that guy, and this, I just put my hands on. He said, I'm guilty. I, I learned my lesson and keep my hands myself. He said, but he's so positive. I go down to the jail, Brother Wilson, to talk to Ryan, and I sit there and I pull out my Bible, and he's, I leave encouraged from him. Amen. That's the greatness of my God. He said, I, I'm locked up. I can't go where I want. He said, you know, he said, Pastor, I'm remembering those Bible studies. He said, I don't remember much. He said, they got us in the county jail, and I'm in this quad. He said, he said I, the first day, he said, I got up that morning, and I walked out, and he said, I put my arm up, and I reached up and grabbed the top of the doorpost, and I said, praise the Lord. That's right. Yeah. And he said, I heard people snickering. He said, people were like, ha, 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 what's that all about? And he said, the next day, he said, I'll go later that day. He said, I went over there. He said, I walked out the door. He said, praise the Lord. That's right. He said, about two, three times a day, I'll say something. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's just talking and talking. And all of a sudden, he, he said, now, he said, every time I walk to the door and say, praise the Lord, I hear praise the Lord. He said, it just starts echoing from all over the place. He said, I've had, he said, I've had three Bible studies. He said, I don't know, but God's telling me what to say. He said, I got one guy, he was crying and repenting. In the, I'm not in the jailhouse. I can't even get in there. But oh, God is great if he can get Pastor Staten or Brother Roberts in the jail. No, no, he's great wherever you are and whatever you're going through. Come on, I walked in there. I'm feeling bad for Ryan. I walked out and Ryan says, I can do time. God's got a plan. I can do my time. I've done time before. God's got a plan in this. I said, my God is great. My God is great. 
I don't want to be in jail. I don't know how it is here, but in, in Wisconsin, you can't even get in to see somebody. His own mama can't go in to see him. But I can go and sit across the glass. I, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, Ryan, how you doing? He was like, man, I, he said, I'm just good. He said, I, I, I had I, every time, he's been in there twice now, and you can't just give him anything. I had to mail him a Bible from Amazon. And then I mailed him a book. I mailed him a book. He said, I read that book. He said, I passed it around to three other people. He said, I got people coming saying, hey, can I read that Bible too? That's right. That's right. Are you kidding me? Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. I am keeping score. I'm writing this down. This is the greatness. Of this. this ain't me. This ain't you. This is the greatness of God. Come on, somebody in this room needs to declare he's greater than my anxiety. He's greater than my sickness. He's greater than my past. He's greater than my present. He's greater than my problem. Why? Because my Bible said to me in Psalms 145, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. You know what I feel, Pastor Staten? I feel that we walk in this world and we feel the condemnation of the few that are making a declaration of evil. And they're telling us all, oh, men shouldn't be married to men and women should, you should be able to choose. No, 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 no. No, no, that's the wrong declaration. And we've hidden as a church, listen to me, we've hidden in the shadows and said, oh, you know, let them be them. No, no, no. It's time for us to quit telling and yelling. It's time for us to sign somewhere on the document and say, this is what's right. Not because I said so, but because he said so. It's time for you and you and you and you to make a declaration. My God is greater than anything I'm dealing with. I'm going to declare it to a generation who will declare to a gen don't just uh, take it for granted that they know you got to declare it Amen. oh come on somebody you got to put it in your home you got to take it home and say we're making a declaration this is going to be a home of holiness Amen. this is going to be a home of righteousness Amen. where we need to come to is people I find in Psalms 40 the psalmist said uh I've not hid thy righteousness within my heart. Wait a minute, David. Didn't you say I hid? He said, I hid your word in my heart. But David says this. He said, I didn't hide my righteous. I didn't hide your righteousness within my heart. Look what he said. He said, I declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. David said, I didn't conceal your loving kindness. I didn't hide your truth from a great congregation. You know what David was saying? David was saying, look, uh, you can talk about me. You can call me holier than thou or Bible thumper or preacher man or whatever you want to, but I have made up my mind. I'm not hiding your righteousness in here. I'm not, oh, come on, somebody. I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about you finding somebody and declaring that my God is greater than sin and debauchery and darkness. Oh, I feel like preaching. Come on, some of you need to declare he's faithful. He's not left me. He's not forsaken me. He's there every time I call. He's not slack. Come on, amen. I got a declaration worth making. 
I know people are coming out of closets all over the place and they're labeling these and they're making declarations and this is my lifestyle and you got to accept that. No, 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 no. Listen, this is who I am. That's right. Not because of me, but because of him. Yes. Yes. Not, look, Come on. I didn't say this was right. He said this was right. I'm not trying to do this. He's performing it through me. And it's, it's the will of God that the church stand up in this last hour because there's so much confusion. Am I preaching to somebody? There's so much confusion going on in our world. It's time that somebody says, this is the light. I got the light. Follow me into the light. Come on, quit telling to follow the pastor or the preacher. Follow me into the place of righteousness. Paul, stand with me tonight. I'm sure I'm past time. I apologize. You got to understand how big this is. No, 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 no. Listen, no, no. Listen, I, please. Can I help you just one second? You got, you got to get. I'm gonna trip and fall. It's not, it's not, it's my fault. How big this is. Watch this. Watch this, brother James. The heavens declare. God Himself declares. Amen. And when you make a declaration. You're joining the choir. That's right. Hallelujah. You're joining your voices with the heavens. Excuse me? Well, well, I can't sing. No, no, you don't got to sing. You got to sign. You got to put your rep. You're joining your voices with God and with the heavens. And there's a heavenly host because my Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses oh excuse me I wish I had some people that believe the word in here I'm making a declaration I'm in agreement with heaven I'm in agreement with God I'm in agreement with the covenant thy God is right he's great he's faithful he saves come on you got to make a declaration you got to make it clear you got to keep score David said, your salvation is part of my declaration. It's something that I'm going to celebrate. It's something that I'm going to lift up and celebrate. Why? Listen, every time somebody goes down in the name of Jesus Christ, we got to shout and dance and celebrate. Why? Why? Because we're keeping score. I heard five in 2024 have been baptized in the... Well, what about, what about Two Rivers in Manitowoc, Wisconsin? We haven't baptized five this year. No, no, that's okay. I, we're, we're still believing the greatness of God. We still believe in the power of God. But we're going to celebrate the five here. Come on. We're going to celebrate the six that got the Holy Ghost in France and Belgium. We're going to, I'm not afraid to celebrate what God's doing in somebody else's life. declaring the gospel I'm declaring the gospel in this city because I'm making sure that I'm not hiding it in my heart do you believe God's righteous do you believe in the righteousness of God you can't hide it in there you got to get it out there you got to write it down I'm coming out of the shadows. I'm coming out right.
because it was the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17. He said, I passed by and I beheld the devotions. I, oh, I saw your devotion. I found the altar with this inscription on it. It said, to the unknown God, and whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Paul said, him I declare unto you. I'm declaring to you that there's a God that saves crazy people, weird people, strange people. Come on, there's a God that saves every single person. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. But can I tell you tonight, it's not time to cry and whine because that's what humanity does. It's time to get in the congregation. It's time to join the choir and say, I declare my God can do it. My God can overcome. My God can heal. My God can save. I declare I'm making a declaration worth making. Lift your hands and pray with me. Almighty God, we praise you tonight, Lord. We honor you. We lift you up. Thank you, Lord. God, let there be a spirit of declaration that comes over this church. Let there be an anointing of the Holy Ghost that covers every mouth, every heart, a determination that's steadfast to make a declaration in our jobs, in our homes, in our city that you are great and you are mighty. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands all around this room. Somebody make a declaration. I'm signing not with pen and ink and on parchment or some scroll, but right now with my heart, I'm signing on the dotted line that I declare the goodness of God. Amen. I declare his ways are right. That The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death, it's destruction. Tonight we're declaring His words are right. Amen. I wonder if anybody's willing to make that declaration tonight that, Lord, you are great. Amen. Lord, you are great. Brother Easter preached Sunday morning. He, he alone is worthy. Amen. What a powerful illustration He brought Sunday morning. Amen. In the book of Revelation, when they were looking for somebody who was worthy to open the scrolls, they said, we can't find anybody in the heavens. We can't find anybody in the earth. We can't find anybody under the earth. But then that angel stopped by and said, oh, there is one that is worthy. There is one that is worthy. Amen. He is the lamb that was slain. His name is Jesus. Come on. He's worthy. I declare tonight he is worthy. Amen. Before we... I want us to just take a moment, and we're going to pray. I, I want to invite, amen, a little, little bit of an altar call tonight. But I was thinking as Brother Roberts was talking a few years ago, our family went up to Boston. And there, I think it's at the intersection of Devonshire and State Street, there's an old state house that is there. And out in front of that, there's this big, like a gold seal. It's probably not real gold. Somebody was stolen by now. But it's sealed into the ground. And that... That was the site of an event called the Boston Massacre. And up until that event, a lot of people were just kind of indifferent. They were like, we don't really want to get involved in this. There were some radicals. They would have looked at them as radicals that were interested in gaining independence from Britain. But it, it took a massacre to awaken the people to understand that we've got to make a declaration. I don't want to wait for a massacre. I don't want to wait until the enemy has wreaked havoc in my home. 
until the enemy has wreaked havoc in my family, until the devil has, amen, wreaked havoc on my job and in my community. I don't want to wait for some massacre. I want to make a declaration right here and right now that we are declaring, amen, the, the goodness of God. We're declaring the greatness of God. I wonder if there's some parents right now that would raise your hands and say, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for a massacre. Amen, I'm not waiting for my children to be strung out on drugs. I'm not waiting, amen, for my marriage to be on the ropes. I'm not waiting, amen, I'm not waiting for my community to be, to be devastated by crime and poverty. I'm not waiting for that right here and right now. I'm going to take the word that was preached, and I'm going to declare that God is right. His ways are right. Amen, we're not dependent upon the things of this world. We're not following the ways of this world. We are walking in the path of righteousness. Amen. I wonder, could we just make that declaration before we leave here tonight as the worship team leads us? Amen. Let's make our way to this Holy altar tonight and make a declaration. Hallelujah. We declare. We, we join in that choir. We join in with the choir of heaven. We sing, great are you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Yes, Lord. On a Wednesday night in January of 2024, we declare that your ways are right, Lord.
thing about resolutions, though, is you're, I think most of them, even when you make them, you don't really expect you're going to follow through on them. There's not much accountability there. It's, it's a little, a few lines you write in a journal somewhere. It's between you and God, and maybe even not in between you, just between you and you. We don't really want to make ourselves too accountable, but into that declaration. Everything's on the line. When, when those, as Brother Robert said, when those signers of the Declaration of Independence signed it, they put everything on the line. They were putting themselves out there before the enemy saying, we, we are enemies of Britain. And when you make a declaration, you're putting yourself, this isn't just a resolution. This isn't something I'm going to go back next year and kind of figure out if I still want to do it. No, this is I'm all in. So I know at the beginning of January you might have made some resolutions, but tonight we're going to reaffirm our declaration that I'm a child of the King, that I'm choosing the way. I don't care the way the, the world goes. Amen. That this world gets more and more perverse, but I'm not going that way. I'm going to stand upon the foundation of the Word of God. Amen. People may look at me and they can label me. They can call me a hater. They can call me judgmental. God, you know my heart. I'm not trying to be a hater or judgmental. I'm just choosing truth. I'm choosing righteousness. I'm choosing the ways of God. I'm choosing what will bring blessing upon my home and my family. So tonight we make a fresh declaration. Amen. If I had a scroll, we'd roll it out tonight and pass around the pen and have you sign it. But I trust tonight that you can do that between you and God and make that signature. Thank you, Brother Roberts, for that word tonight. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and please return our love to Sister Roberts. We don't, we don't want to get in trouble either. Make sure that Sister Roberts knows that we love her. Keep, keep abundant life, two rivers. Keep them in your prayers. Brother Roberts is doing a great work there. He was telling me, before service the other night, they took a faith, um, what's it called, faith faith promise service where they pledge how much they were going to give to missions. And that church last year gave $27,000 to missions. And this year, pledged to give $32,000. Anytime you see increase like that, it means that there's clear vision that is going forth. Amen. Amen. And we honor Brother Roberts and his leadership. And I can tell you, just maybe a year in between the two times or the last two times I visited, you can see the growth that has taken place, a testimony to Brother Robert's faithfulness and his teaching that we all love. Amen. And uh, so greet Brother Roberts tonight before you leave here. Amen. Congratulate Brother Wilson. And uh, I don't think Sister Wilson's here tonight. Congratulate them. Youth parents need to see Cameron. She's got some information. She's got a declaration she needs you to sign. Amen. I'm not, what, what is it? It's for the bake sale? Is that what it is? All right. For the bake sale that's coming up, raising money for our youth. So if you have a teenager, a student in youth ministry, if you could see Sister Cameron, she'll get you that form. Greet one another. It's so good to see Sister Alma back. She's been sick, but we're glad she was able to make it tonight. The Lord bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.